and we are going to be talking about White Day and recommending Andy... <sighs> Andy, you can recommend me shit. I've not watched any anime. What is anime? <laughs> Welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hey, hey. And Duncan. Hey there. It's a threefer. Our topic this episode is White Day and recommending anime to people close to you. Uh, but first, and then after the break, we're going to be talking about, I think, Wonder Egg and the second season of That Time I Was Reincarnated as a Slime. And maybe Andy's going to be talking about Horimiya. Maybe. Anyway, stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, first, two big pieces of news. First, Duncan is on on site reporting about having seen the first 15 minutes of the final Evangelion movie, Bye Bye, All of Evangelion. <laughs> and I have just found out that Battle Athletes Victory is getting a sequel, which makes no sense because... <laughs> Because the they were they were all athletes in space to stop an alien invasion and they stopped the alien invasion. Are they going to come back? Is there going to be a second alien invasion? Who can say? Maybe it turns out they are the alien invasion. Maybe maybe it becomes like sports imperialism. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Duncan, what do you think of the Eva clip? The one thing you can say about Kara is they do know how to make a good little vertical slice of of their movies to start start them off like. Um, I remember when I, th- I think it was uh, 2.0 first. No, was it? No, it's was it two or three? You know, it's yeah. Three had three had the space one where they were trying to like recover yeah. the sarcophagus, and th- that was a lot so. of fun. Like that, that 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 that's kind of the high point for me of that. Then like, and I think this is going for a similar thing. It's it's mm. once again playing a lot. It's not giving away much in terms of plot. But it's having a lot of um, fun mecha porn. It's it's just enjoying the mechanics of the things they are putting up on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Like the one very interesting thing is basically we've got a. Uh, so this is this is like the first big, <laughs> big structural spoiler, I guess. Uh-huh. Like I guess skip ahead. If, um, yeah. So like this, you can read read this as a spoiler. Or you can read this as just an interesting th- interesting choice they have made. But the first, mm-hmm. so from either uh, free onwards, you've been fighting uh, nerves, kind of a- angel slash slash Eva uh, hybrid hybrid autonomous units, um, mm-hmm. and the ones they introduce in as like the thing to be fought in this first 15 minutes is basically a giant railgun and a load of giant batteries. Mm-hmm. And it's, the design is dead on for the way they did the whole, um, the scene in, uh, I think it was the end of the, uh, 2.0. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're literally seeing them fighting, being the, being the monster and, being attacked by I like this 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 very iconic moment like I think it's it's like one of the the most iconic episodes in in the series and and again in the, the film where you have the whole of Japan like switching off to to power these these generators feeding into the this railgun which is going to shoot through this this angel and like to see that like twisted and turned back against them is is kind of an interesting first first villain 
Um, mm-hmm. And this, the, the sort of red corruption we've seen in the uh, third film and again in this fourth one, we'd always assumed like that was permanent. Like it was like this was something which was just irreparably done. And yet they seem to have basically a way of reverting uh, Paris, which this takes place in, to pre-impact Paris with a push of a button. Um, mm-hmm. or at least within an area and so it's kind of like still no humans there admittedly they're all, all st- still in the great sea of Tang somewhere um, but yes. <laughs> uh, th- there's kind of like hope for the world in, in a strange way and who knows whether or not there's anyone down there that, that'll be the, the interesting because like if you can have a completely undamaged city does that mean like some there are some people wandering around down there and we've already seen some of that from the the pv that there are definitely mm-hmm. people we have not met before and yeah so it's it, it's it knows how to tease hooks in in those first few minutes to set up questions which we'll find out i'm sure there will be a full like transcript of what happens up <laughs> tomorrow somewhere and all these yeah. questions will be answered I mean, the film's already out in Japan, right? So surely it's already. Um, let's think. Is it past midnight? Uh, is it past midnight know. now? Is it the eighth in Japan? <laughs> if it is, then yes. If not, no. But by well, the time be, this comes out, it yes, will it have certainly come out. will be. It'll be. Oh, definitely. It'll, be, yes. it'll have been out Correct. for basically a week uh, at that point. It'll be interesting. I, I personally, I think we've talked about this. I'm already at the point where, like, I'm just hoping to see like mechanical design and direction. I do not expect a satisfying ending to the rebooted Eva franchise. I don't think I expected that from the first moment of 3.33. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm My heart is open, is, is what I'm saying. As long as there's more Mavi, that's all I care about. Well, that, that's, it was all, all Mavi <laughs> oh, for the, the first 15 minutes, Andy, I, so you'll be happy. Good. I genuinely like Mavi. I think she's quite good. I think she's a fun addition to a match. It adds a bit of spark and adds something new. It's a very aggressive troll, at mm. least, I think. Mm. And that's why I like it. <laughs> very, uh, yeah. Um, and then Battle Whatever's getting a sequel. Yeah, that, that was something I talked about uh, last year, I think, right? Yeah. Um, about this girl who was trying to train up to become uh, worthy of her mother's legacy. Her mother was the like most famous and successful battle athlete's victory person ever um it turns out she she is and so they go they go into space and like run track against aliens who are part car and a bunch of other extremely goofy stuff and it has this bizarre delicious 90s tone and i think the biggest thing counting against any battle athletes victory sequel uh, although the, every every time they've made it from the manga to the ova to the series they've changed characterizations and like people's goals and backstories so i don't even know if it's going to be a direct sequel yeah. but it is taking place 100 years after the tv show where kanzaki the main girl is now like a legendary figure um that everyone looks up to just like she looked up to her mother so yeah i don't know what they're going to make it about and i don't know if it's even going to be the same thing but it's and i don't know if, if they're going to be able to capture like the 90s the like earnest 90s cringe of of like late 90s Echi Kum sports anime. Yuri Echi Kum sports anime. Isn't it like so. she runs and spats and then like dumb shit happens whilst she Oh yes, and there there's a there is a girl who's from the moon. There's a like apparently like hippies on the moon, and one of the girls there um 
who's like a deeply like spiritual from the moon religion, like doesn't eat meat, has a pet cow, deeply aggressively attracted to Kanzaki to the point of just like sneaking up behind her and grabbing her, which is something that just happens in anime all the time, especially between girls um, and not grabbing her like the spooker, but grabbing yeah, her. Grabbing like, her tits. We, we get like, it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> well, I'm being delicate. <laughs> Like, there might be children in this audience. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and they need to know that that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> um, okay, well, well. Speaking of sneaking up behind somebody and grabbing them, are you sure you want to make that the transition? Yeah, I was, I was sort of. Waiting. It's, it's already it's already done, mates. That's <laughs> mates. Oh, he's trying to be English, isn't that cute, Duncan? Yeah. Oi, oi, mates! Oi, governor! What are you doing? Oh, I've got to grab you. Grab you by the onkers. Bangers and mash. Oh. Like a carry on film over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, a lot of this is being cut, I imagine. Um, well, speak, speaking of of romantic relationships, well intended or not, uh, let's go ahead and switch to our discussion topic. Originally, this was going to be uh, a sort of white day where we would either give back or talk about giving back to our partners, hypothetical or real anime, and talk about in general the difficulty of getting the people you care about to care about anime, mm. um, which is something that I've definitely run into repeatedly over the course of the past decade or so of me being an anime super fan. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, Duncan, what was your thinking besides it just being White Day to suggest this? I mean, I think <laughs> That's it. we know that like recommending anime to anyone in your li- lives who you actually give a damn about is basically a minefield because you Mm. have to start with it just okay does this have horrific fan service okay um (laughs) no okay thank god um we can move on past that that's that's one one thing done does it then we're off off on to the how much prior knowledge of the medium do you need because yeah Mm -hmm. this is uh something where a lot of them do enjoy just riffing on things which we've become accustomed to and other people don't have any idea about. Right. And when you combine those two, like, plus the the popular assumption of what anime is going to be, you have, like, two choices as far as I see it. You either just go, well, screw it, doesn't matter, I'm just going to go for... I'm just going to pick something which I think will just have a taste to it they will enjoy and... To hell with worrying about things like fan service or or insider knowledge, or you go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna just pick a a nice Ghibli film and and, and we know we're fine here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it's interesting. Like, um, I was actually listening to the Auntie Donna podcast, which is to Australian Australian comedian group, uh, and they were actually talking like the latest the latest mech film I watched was uh, Evangelion, and he was like, oh yeah, I tried watching that, but it's that kind of anime horny that i don't really like and mm. i was like yeah no i i get that it's a different kind of weird horny than like um i guess more like game of thrones or something like that like <laughs> it's so it is hard to recommend i would also say um you've got that and and then so it's the weird horniness that is very like pervasive through all of anime that's really hard to get away from Usually my mm-hmm. bets recently, I think ReZero's done a real good job of uh, resetting that 
build of being able to actually identify them, sell them something that is good. Um, and although there is loads of in jokes, you don't need to get them because the rest of the story is so fucking good. Um, the other one I always go for is like uh, usually a Makoto, Makoto Shinkai is quite good if you're not wanting to um, get to the do the plain old Studio Ghibli stuff. So Tatami mm-hmm. Galaxy, Night is Short. Um, Wait, even... are you conflating Shinkai and Yuasa Sorry, here? you are. Uh, Yuasa, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much, Yuasa. Don't forget uh, Mamoru Hosoda, the three. Mm, yeah. yeah. Or, or um, like Paprika. I can't remember who that guy is. Uh, Paranoia Agent. Satoshi Kon. Satoshi Kon. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're the safe not, he's, not make, he's not making new stuff anymore, unfortunately. Unfortunately so. not, but his previous uh, catalogue is stellar. I, I uh, think, some of the best anime. Yeah, because I, th- I think maybe Satoshi Kon um, and something like Paprika is not a bad idea because you can sell it to someone as this is the film which inspired Inception and mm. use that um, link to a piece of Western media which is well generally still well thought of and conceptually interesting to get someone past that hurdle of this is just cheap disposable media because like that's i think a lot of what people's initial impression of anime is going to be like unless it has the prestige that comes with like the ghibli name which is well known enough to get people past that they assume that it's going to be disposable like it's going to just be cheap uh cheap and uh nasty and Quite often it is. Let's face it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of TV yeah. series is on, oh, and I think that's why when you go to movies, we we know we're working with a, a bigger budget, and so it's not quite as as difficult. I think a TV series would have been a lot more difficult than a, a film. I think films self-select to a certain degree. There, um, even in Japan, they still to recoup their costs. They've got to get people to go into that cinema and watch that thing, and. Although there are obviously outliers like you, the Konosuba movie, which is, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd say that any tie-in movie to any franchise in anime is is not aimed at the common audience. That's why they're not reduced. That's why they're on like reduced screenings, and uh, you know they're they're only showing like in certain places because they know that they're just not going to get a nas- a nationwide release is not worth it. Not everything's going to be the fucking Demon Slayer movie. Like it's mm-hmm. going to be, it's going to be a small select audience of people, uh, and unless you're a shonen, I guess the exception would be shonen jump shows like Naruto and Bleach, who would obviously have quite a big pool for kids. But even then, you're still not looking at like gangbusters. Um, I, I would say that like the the reason why is like Girls and Panzer is doing so well is because they can double dip with the money. They can get the money from the deep from the Blu-ray sales, and they can get the money from the cinema tickets. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like that's that's the reason why they're doing it, as opposed to anything else. How well, just to just to go back to our our our, our, our start of this episode, how well do you think Evil will do? Do you think like there's a certain generation of people who, as a as a kid, will have like seen the first first series on TV, and now now that now they're adults with disposable money. And they'll 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 go to they'll go to this because there's literally nothing else on, and they'll buy the luxury Eva bucket of popcorn and <laughs> the I don't know the who Eva is not one to skimp on the merchandise, so who knows what. No, be. Although, although I was complaining that I saw a new a new ad for like 
Eva computer parts, and they're just purple, orange, and green computer was, parts, and that's not I Eva was looking, merchandise. There's, there's even Gellion uh, lipstick and makeup now that came out the <laughs> other day. I think I think sales wise, it will be slightly improved by um, by COVID, but and like you said, nothing else on. But I don't think it will make the gangbusters that Demon Slayer would make because Demon Slayer's like one series that's really short, and you only got one season to watch, and then you watched. Then you got the movie. Whilst even Galleon is is steeped in anime and manga lore, basically for like twenty, thirty years now, and no mm. one, no one who's like an anime beginner or doesn't know much about anime is just going to step into even Galleon four when they haven't seen any of the other six, <laughs> seven movies and TV series. Like they're just not. Yeah. I think they just won't be I mean, interested. I mean, experience has taught me that people wander into the, wander into movies all the time. They might hear about, oh, this is the last Evangelion. I guess I should watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's something they should count on commercially. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Eva being obviously the the finale of a series is perhaps the worst. Like the the worst of all date movies. Like it's it's completely impenetrable in terms of what they would know going in. It's by all accounts, a long one, and it's uh, uh, pretty aggressively nerd in its its aesthetic and its um, uh, its yeah. t- tastes uh, as regards to fan service, be that mecha or um, ladies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the imprinting of like even Galleon's influence through anime is is pretty steadfast and consistent, right? Like. It's very hard, just like you. every now and then you see like an Acura bike reference. It's very hard not to see something or hear something and be like, oh, it's an Evangelion reference. Like, it's so steeped in to anime now. Uh, I think it will be hard-pressed for anyone who's never watched it or cared about it to suddenly care and go watch it now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to take it from a different tack, um, so... Obviously, I love anime enough that I'd want to share it with my with with the people I'm dating, uh, and I'm not as lucky as Andy to have someone who seems to have, have come pre-programmed uh, to like anime. <laughs> so it's been, yeah. But uh, I mean, with without the language barrier and the cultural barrier, I imagine it's it's a lot easier, even if Mids wasn't in, into anime. Yeah. Um, but uh, my last big girlfriend, I. I tried to show her Oren Host Club and she just hated the voices. This is a, a thing that I've noticed a lot. Um, I have a friend who's really into anime, but he can't watch any with his girl friend because she finds the voices high and shrill. And I managed to su- successfully lend them a copy of um, Run With The Wind, just being like, it's all it's almost all dudes. There's one girl. So <laughs> so hopefully it won't really great like that. But um, no, my ex really didn't like the, the high-pitched protagonist voice and that's just like an affectation that's like perfectly natural and something i'm 100 percent used to and it's something that i have to like mm-hmm. watch out for now but um and with my kurt oh go ahead i was gonna say but i think that's true with even like current anime fans uh a lot of people who loved grew up with dragon ball they listen to the japanese dub of dragon ball and they're like what the fuck is goku sounding like because he's he's really high-pitched <laughs> and and people don't like it uh so i think that's that's true as well for normal like for a lot of anime fans that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, and uh, with this, funnily with my current partner, I, I tried with a couple of other things. Um, we watched Sailor Moon together, which is technically anime, but I think was largely because of the groundwork 
delayed from it being licensed and imported uh, and all, all over like Cartoon Network and like the WB late night stuff mm-hmm. um, from the late 90s and early 2000s. I think the first anime that really clicked for her was one that I did not expect, um, which is when I like as a joke offered us to watch Flowers of Evil. And she really, really liked that. And she's like, it's so real. And that you, ne- you would never see anything like this in live action, live action stuff or even I mean, there the there is an animation renaissance going on in in um America and the UK and Canada, I think, mm. with Steven Universe and he's also like post Adventure Time <laughs> diaspora stuff of of having more complex topics. But like I cannot imagine a an occasion where where Flowers of Evil would yeah. <laughs> would be something that someone would make a cartoon out of. Yeah. Um I mean I guess maybe like some of the like Bojack Horseman alums, but even so, like Flowers of Evil is so weird, so off putting. It's got that art that Andy loves. So it's just <laughs> um but she loved it. She was just like, this is this is really authentic, really powerful, uh, really raw visceral stuff. Um and sometimes you have to just like think outside the box when it comes to recommending people stuff. The next thing I recommended was Mushishi because she's studying for med school and there's a very diagnostic and uh healthcare angle to to mushishi although she makes fun of it like one would make fun of say house md we're like oh <laughs> is it going to be mushi where he where, where Gin always comes in in the second act he's like i've heard your symptoms and they're because of a mushi and it's like oh really wow <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't suggest I, I, it, that she would watch monster as well like another I hate monster <laughs> i know you do i know you do and it's really and it's really fucking long too it's like it 70s odd episodes um I think that she would ultimately find the morality of Monster as pat as I did, which is where he just agonized like, as a doctor, is it okay for me to take a life? And she is someone who's becoming a doctor who thinks it's okay to punch Nazis. So I don't think she's going to be as <laughs> don't think she's going to be as consumed by by indecision. It was interesting thinking thinking about this. What I wanted to show her next, I, she, she was interested in Girls Last Tour, but a lot of stuff I was going through and having to do what y'all were talking about with like Fooly Cooly being like. How thick on the ground are the panty shots in Fooly Cooly? Because it's Gynax, so there are some. Is it distracting? Will she find it distracting, which is different mm-hmm. than if I find it distracting? I was watching Show by Rock uh, Stars to catch up this morning, and she, like, randomly, she was reading, and she, like, randomly said to me, she's like, I really appreciate that everyone in this show has a different bust if they're going to show off everyone's, everyone having having boobies. <laughs> then it's nice that every, she didn't say boobies, of course. Uh, that's me. 35 year old man um, but, but uh but no she's like I, I appreciate all of them have different bus different bus sizes if they're gonna like be showing them off all the time and i'm like i haven't even noticed their bus size i'm i'm <laughs> caught in the drama of sion and retory oh and mashumairesh what, so. what's gonna happen next uh i i uh, yeah talk about foodie cootie i mean that's out of all the anime me and my wife has watched, it's the one that she has not watched that I adore. So if uh, I were to give her the <laughs> gift of anime, then I would, I would definitely give her that. Um, and Do you uh, think she'd like it? I don't know. I feel that she might, but I also feel she might just be put off just by how much I like it, if that makes sense. But I think oh, this is... Having to, having to hide your power level is mm. is definitely a thing. <laughs> but she knows my power level. This is a thing. She knows my power level of Foodie Cootie that I like it and love it. And she's like, do you want to watch the new series? I'm like, nope, it's going to be bad. I already can tell. Like, I'm just not going to bother. Like, Just keep it pure. Uh, so yeah, so um, I've also got like, I think I've got some signed Foodie Cootie shit as well knocking about. <laughs> like, I'm a big... Might give it away, just um, a little. I tried getting my best friend to actually watch it, because I loved it, and I was like, we've just got to watch it, it's fantastic. And then he got the first episode, and he was like, 
is it all like this? I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, it's like, it's really boring and not good. And I'm like, what? Well, you, you're not watching the same thing I am. She's like, it's just like the shots are really random and erratic. And like, I can't work out what's going from scene to scene. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's point. <laughs> like, and so I find it interesting that Foodie Cooley will be, I think Foodie Cooley will be a hard watch. From retrospect, mm-hmm. Foodie Cooley is going to be really hard. I adore that Foodie Cooley. It's one of my favorites, but I think it's going to be hard. Why don't you just give us something easy like Panty and Stocking? You're very funny, Andy. <laughs> I know, I know. I found uh, I found a panty. And, I found a, a new type magazine that had a panty and stocking advert on, which uh, was so over the top. It was called like Octopussy, and it was a octopus monster with oh, like eight pussies. And panty wanted to outfuck her or something. It was dumb. Um, but yeah, very strange. I don't know if I have any pictures I mean, of it. Panty and stocking was essentially the the holy in in game <laughs> it was it was ne- it was as unoutreachy as possible it was like uh, we, we... <laughs> although though I, I actually guess that's actually wrong it was outreaching to the kind of people who liked dumb um western stuff of the same era it's like um probably yeah hard. i mean mids likes panty and sucking a lot i've i've got it on blu-ray i've not yet to watch it but she says it's re- like it's really funny and uh and I, I think I had the wrong. I think I've said this before in the podcast. I think I had the wrong impression going in, but I'd like to rewatch it, so I plan to. But um, yeah, mm. like it's uh, it's certainly like trying to have its cake and eat it by just think, assuming that all Americans care about is sex uh, and nothing else, uh, which is quite funny. Um, I will watch it and let you know. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's obviously got that weird sort of Cartoon Network aesthetic mm. borrowed so heavily off Powerpuff Girls, and then it's just completely foul mouthed. And I, I I guess uh-huh. I guess people do enjoy subversions, and so I guess that's that's another in point with something like that. Say, uh, remember that, but it's now swearing and saying shit and fuck. So yeah. Um, another <laughs> another top pick would be something like. Uh, if you really want to depress them, you should get them to watch In the Corner of This World. Like, that's classic. I think that's really, really yeah. good. Um, I, I mean, to, to, to look ahead to the after the break, um, I did show her an episode of, of uh, Wonder Egg Priority because I thought that she might like how much it's centering like difficult female stories. But she had the same feeling as my other friend that I convinced to, to, watch, uh, to watch Wonder Egg Priority where she's like, I'm worried that this is going <laughs> to... This is going to handle things poorly because it's a lot of it is about like violence towards and suffering of young women. Um, and honestly, that's a great introduction to anime, being nervous about those kind of things, <laughs> I feel like. Um, yeah, I think that one uh, to spoiler to spoil coming up, I think that Wonder Egg Priority has handled itself relatively well thus far. But but yeah, just being like, ooh, there's a cutting episode. Oh, I don't know if I want to to see a content creator possibly fuck that up. Yeah. It, <laughs> and the annoying thing is, is uh, you see it happen a lot, uh, and uh-huh. especially using, um, basically abusing women as a sort of like a mid season twist or something to be like, Jesus, that's shocking. And then not kind of doing anything with it. Just sort of just being like, yeah, well, you know, that happened. Yeah. Oh, well, was it gate? I think that had like, someone getting raped for literally no reason it felt like for like an episode um 
Yeah. I mean, I can't even think of what anime you're talking about because, like, yeah, that's especially with the shield heroes and the yeah the, and the goblin slayers. It, there is a tendency to use that sort of thing just as a like. I think there's parts of the anime industry which haven't got past the idea that you can just use something like that as almost like the the mood music like okay now be sad now be outraged like they still just will throw that sort of stuff on just essentially misery porn like oh how terrible this is um and only and nothing to do with the story of the person who is getting um violence inflicted upon them it's it's only as an inciting incident for the the hero of of that that story often yeah um i was to go on a like a more happy um uh, <laughs> uh thing happy. is i i was i was thinking like a, a good friend of mine really loves um the old um disney uh disney films and i've been thinking that like i wonder if it's like she she loves the songs and the, the that right. I wonder if could you, I could I recommend her uh, a an a one of the upper end idol shows. What would you consider that to be? Um, Just out of curiosity. Like, okay, so <laughs> you know what my my you know the one which I, I'll say which is oh yeah sorry I, this was this was a very stupid question. <laughs> I, I forgot briefly that. That Duncan exists, and <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of high production anime idol series. Even just if we just don't include my particular faves and and talk about mm-hmm. things like uh, Love Live, Love Live's got generally good production values, and generally its cast are all good singers. And I think one of the things I've heard a moan, moan about is that you don't get as um, it's become more stunt casting for films you don't tend to get mm-hmm. people with good voices doing the singing parts anymore and i think that's that's probably not true of um um idol anime you you tend to get people still with great singing voices is doing the parts and i wonder if there's i feel like it's it's almost a shame that they that isn't they haven't really done a a like a a, di- a, a musical a true uh, uh yes 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 they have Okay, such as uh, <laughs> what, what would you? Nerima Daikon Brothers is a it's the only, to my knowledge, musical anime in existence, and it's not very good. But you can recommend Nerima Daikon Brothers. Uh, it's fascinating you... as a thing. I've seen a few episodes. It's, okay. it's funny and weird, but it's about two brothers who own a daikon patch in like Tokyo or something, and it's a weird comedy thing. You've seen it, right, Ben? No. Okay. Do you do you think that that I mean, obviously Japan likes western style musicals but i do i do wonder like if that's just something that just doesn't work with anime or it's not impressive because it's just music singing i don't know musical musical animations are popular yeah. in the west so maybe i'm, I'm overthinking just like as you say like there's japan's got this very strong link between its record companies and its animation production like that mm-hmm. is that's a, a thing which definitely get has its claws well in there and so I, I wonder if something like love live which has got decent production values good singers and yeah sure it's still still love live <laughs> I, I mean the the only other thing you, that could also come close to it is as i'm sure you'll remember akb 0048 um which is the AKB anime set in space with mechs and uh, thingy, and you're also forgetting like 
other shows where they sing and fight like Siphon No Gear or whatever. I, it's I've just done the, a face palm basically because, of course, um, <laughs> Macross. I don't think about Macross, which is that's true. Is a true space opera, um, in in the, the most literal sense of the word. Um, John screaming somewhere. <laughs> I I just I just think that Macross is too. Again, you you're, you're dealing too with mo- too anime, too fucking anime. People Big who anime. might enjoy it for the songs wouldn't enjoy it for the mechs. Unfortunately, I don't, think, I don't think the thing that they like the great thing about the songs in uh, in Disney films, especially, is that they they link so well with the animation and so much of the animation is in time with the music, which to the majority of um, the uh, majority of, of animation, uh, like anime song tie-ins, it's usually not that to me, to my experience, it's never sort of like moving in time with the music, like uh, the cat song in Lady and the Tramp, where every dun, 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 cha, like every time that happens, the cats like do a little jig to that bit as well which makes <laughs> that whole animation scene so like captivating and adorable and and such a highlight of that movie but you don't get any of that in anime like you don't the most you get is like an interesting cut or like there or or sort of like some things on theme like uh, the Horimiya opening it does a really nice job of sort of having stuff slightly offbeat when it moves with the music but it doesn't ever integrate the music that heavily with what's actually being shown on screen if that makes Mm -hmm. sense and i think that's the same with like even those fighting singing battle animes like sympho gear and if you really want to watch akb 0048 you can but you don't have to uh but andy strongly recommends against it (laughs) yeah very, very recommends against it um it's bad uh then you know like you would like they they just are singing and fighting at the same time and then also talking while singing and fighting about how they're not killing the thing that they're fighting and singing against but what no. if andy they they brought that artifice uh front stage you could say and well, then we uh, need to get an anime which does that well and i don't know of one <laughs> But this doesn't work when Andy obviously doesn't quite get me trying to sell review Starlight to everyone the same way Ben does and immediately rolls his eyes. So. I got it. No, I got it. I'll watch it someday, Duncan. I promise. But yeah. All right. Do we want to wrap this up with um, what's the most? How about we, we look at it from the other side for the last thing? What is the most surprising recommendation you've ever been given that you ended up enjoying? Do you think? Ooh. Don't you need more thinking time for this? Yeah, do you maybe. Cut, do you want to cut to cut for a few minutes? And I enjoyed I enjoyed Love Live in the end after watching it. It's like just to prove, just almost on a damn it, Andy. I will will meet your you down there in in the mud and fight you there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed Love Live and without expecting to at all. So I'll, I'll throw that one out as mine. Yeah, I. I would have to think because a lot of the stuff that I thought of as like weird out there recommendations have now been smoothly integrated into the very well-known Ben tastes. Like no one is surprised that I like K-Own. Um, but, I, but at the time I felt like I was watching something that was pretty far out of my comfort zone because it's just a bunch, you know, it's about four girls, later five girls who start a school band and that seemed boring. Um, I guess the thing that I was recommended that I was most surprised that I liked in recent years is probably Gen Kutsuo. I was surprised that that like trashy Rococo sci-fi Count of Monte Cristo, a story I don't really like as a as a Dumas, a book written by Alexander Dumas, 
Um, but yeah, it's it's great. And it's probably the best thing that that studio has made, which is not saying too much. Yeah. I I oh, would no. say I would say that I, even though I was hyped for it, I was surprised how much I liked it. Even though, which is kind of a recommendation, I guess. Like because I think you guys were all chatting about it anyway, but I was just the one who uh, was talking about it on the first day. But like, yeah, I'm surprised. That's usually out of my wheelhouse for shows that mm-hmm. I would go for, but I'm enjoying it a lot. Usually it's comfort food, anime like Non Nonbury and Yuru Camp. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, right? Uh, cool. Andy, <laughs> before we go to the break, you said that you had, is this a game or is this just like a bit? Uh, I think for time, we'll just leave it for <laughs> next week. Uh, is that okay? No, good. we're good. Are you sure? No, we're good. Go for it. Okay, yeah, cool. Go for it. So, uh, my parents have been emptying um, my, their house. And along with that, they've sent out all of the shit that my um, my house has, that their house is full of, which is mine. Uh that was a bad way of saying. They have emptied. They have sent me a a white van load of shit that I don't want. But amongst that was a uh, Andrew Ray's Summer Diary 2000. Oh wow! Done in a beautiful blue folder, and and I know it's not helpful for the visual medium. Oh but, wow! But that is oh jeez. Uh, oh wow! That is the front cover that I made of my diary. That is a, that is a lot of cool clip art. It's a lot of cool, cool clip art. Cool man clip art. Cool man. Look, <laughs> look like the classic man on the surfboard with an arrow side pointing up and dartboards and ties. Oh, I thought that was a, I thought it was a firework. I thought he was surfing <laughs> with a massive firework in his hands. Uh, no, but I, I just thought... They'll I, never catch me alive. I mean, the highlights of this, this diary that I wrote over my summer of 2000, um, one of them I wrote a letter to the Beano, which was... Whew, a crack and read. Uh, the, another good one was uh, at the end of the first week, I wrote a little fact sheet about JK Rowling, which I now have to heavily update. Yeah, uh, that, that's <laughs> definitely an artifact in the exact exact meaning of those words. It says so much that when you talk about, about reading something from the early 2000s and, and which has aged worse, the Beano or JK Rowling, that, <laughs> JK Rowling that, that tells us where we have ended up. I mean, what Steve Boy said is I found some Beano's from like the 70s and 60s that my dad has, and I'm reading, I read them and I was Beano's like, Beano's are great. Huh, yeah, these are not bad. But like, I know Biffo had some <laughs> odd ones at the very beginning, but like, they seem to, you know be pretty acceptable like there's nothing odd or racist about it which was surprising for the time just a lot of you know child beating with slippers but he was a dickhead anyway look dennis the menace (laughs) us uk dennis the menace is a cunt this is the thing he's an absolute knob end and that he gets he deserves everything he gets the last rep one i watched he fucking like poured a dump of manure into his dad's back into his own back garden for no reason like why did he do that (laughs) He's not helping himself. He's not helping anybody. He's just making his life worse. And now his dad... He's just, he's just the Joker, but there's no Batman <laughs> and he's a kid. Yeah, and he has two dogs uh, and eventually he gets a baby sister. Anyway, um, I just thought I'd, I'd read it because the thing that highlighted to me was how much 20 years later, um, life hasn't really changed. I had quite a short attention span um, when I when I was a kid. So the... The entries are not very long, uh, but the 22nd of August is a typical entry on my day. Uh, I woke up and got dressed and watched Pokemon. Again, mm-hmm. not very different from what I'm doing now, 
Uh, then <laughs> I got dressed and had breakfast. So I got dressed twice. I obviously had Pokemon wear and then normal everyday wear. Um, mm-hmm. uh, then legit. <laughs> mum drove me to James's house. At first, I was really glad. But after a while, it got really boring. Because we just did the same thing over and over. We just went up and down the field. Then we went to the park and had a not-so-thrilling time with the twins and James. Then we went into Paul's house. Don't know who Paul is. Uh, played on the N64 and watched TV. Ah, uh, so, so that, that's, the, that's the classic thing. He's the kid with the N64. That's the important part about I, it. I, I guess so. But also I know that James had an N64 and I had an N64, but I was a drive away. So I, mm. I, I don't understand why we had to go to Paul's house to play on the N64. Maybe he had GoldenEye? I can't remember. Ah, mm. uh, and watch TV. Then we drove to Costco's and bought some sweets and went home after a boring day, had some hot chocolate and went to bed. That was, that's like, uh, that's like the highlight. And, and it is a good, <laughs> it's good because um, every, every day starts off with woke up, got dressed, watched Pokemon. Um, <laughs> apart from the 24th. You had, you had a very strict, you had a very strict routine. I really, really liked Pokemon. It. And guess what? Not much has changed. Uh <laughs> 24 in pokemon or, or with you is the question <laughs> in pokemon and the uh, 24th of august so slight change i woke up had a line and watched well you know it don't you so even at the age of 11 i understood how boring my life was uh <laughs> and what i plan to do next week is uh, i plan to write my diary for my week off in oh. the same writing style and see how different it really is uh, in COVID lockdown and uh, the 10 year old me. Um, I imagine it will be woke up, got dressed, watch RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. <laughs> so, watch you know, RuPaul's Pokemon. RuPaul's Pokemon. So it's a two parter. Um, I just thought I'd give you a little taste of, of what's to come. And I hope you enjoyed my 11 year old uh, <laughs> life. As written down, but I got ten house points for it. That's a good thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> what and house my, were you? I can't remember. Okay. I actually can't remember. But and he loved the front cover. Okay. Uh, yeah. So good. You were a cl- clip art maestro. <laughs> clip art maestro. <laughs> so yeah. So to be continued. Over and out. Oh, okay. cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break, and we will come back to talk about Wonder Egg Priority, that time I got reincarnated as a slime season two, and Horimiya. Let's go ahead and start with Wonder Egg Priority. Everybody is more or less up to date. Andy, I don't think you've watched the recap episode that reared its head out of nowhere this week. Uh, but Duncan and I did, mm-hmm. and it allegedly contains more plot elements, but I think mostly just make sure that everyone's fo- followed the story thus far. Yeah. So yes, Wonder Egg, real quick, Wonder Egg um, is about four girls who all feel some sort of responsibility for a suicide uh, close to them in their life, um, buying eggs from weird mannequins in a garden so that they can go into their dreams and save other girls who have uh, who have taken their lives um, from 
abstract depictions of their tormentors or the otherwise causes that they have they have chosen to uh that have made them choose self-violence like that um as i said it's 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 a a show that makes me nervous but i've been really happy about how it's been handled lately how about y'all yeah i I think like it's gone some places which could have easily ended up like you had to place every every foot in the right place because a single misstep and it, it's disaster. Um, but I think it, when you have a show dealing with suicide as its main theme, like that's already a tightrope to be walking. And when you mm-hmm. bring in self harm as a ongoing thing, a cutting and as it's like so many people just conflate. Um, self-harm and suicide as one-to-one like I think a lot of people will just say okay um, they're harming themselves because they want want to die Um, but this one thing Wonder Egg was at pains to um, stress was that those two aren't necessarily necessarily one-to-one and I think it just about threaded that that needle just like it's it's like uh, because it's not something i can talk about with any authority it's hard to fully judge what how it would land with someone who has experience with these things but like that's the same with any any media which talks about something which is as inherently um difficult and disturbing as self-harm can be but yeah. i think it respected it's the the person and their their reasons and didn't belittle it and didn't make it something which could be mag- magically solved which in a show about magical girls is yes is something which could be so easily done and it's it's not so and it didn't solve it through the the power of of friendship or anything like that it the if its resolution if it can be called that was someone finding a thing in their life that they allowed them to see themselves as someone who was worth being still around and worth finding out what else would still happen in their life. Like mm-hmm. not necessarily that the rest of their life was going to be great, but that the rest of it was find worth finding out what the rest of their life was going to be like. Right. Uh, Cause, um, Rika, who is the, the girl whose story deals with this particular theme is, um, living with her mum in a, a bar, which her mum, mum runs. And the thing which has been teased throughout the series is that Rika doesn't know who her dad is. And her mum, has essentially told her it could be any of these five five people. She doesn't know who it is. Yeah, it's really... I mean, we've had irresponsible mothers in anime plenty of times, but it's in such an emotionally fraught anime, it's really <laughs> rough to have her mom be like, here's five pictures, it's one of them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, it's... it's, it's her, and the thing is, like, she... She talks about how she hates hates her mum, and and yeah, there's some cod psychology going on with how much do you hate your mum, how much do you hate yourself. Um, 
at times, but mm-hmm. it handles it with far far more subtlety than my slightly dis- dismissive um, comment there would suggest. Um, but in putting her in the dream of a girl who was part of a, a cult and who's was persuaded to commit suicide and does not regret that either. She's put in... It's this, this situation where they've suggested previously that before that the real danger to the girls in these dreams is not from getting harmed because they're they're immortal there it's from being persuaded and i think like this episode was the one where that that most came through where she meets someone who basically says to her this i don't regret dying it's it made the pain go stop and just that mm-hmm. not that it was like this heroic thing to do not that it was this um uh thing they did because of someone else but just because it made the pain stop is like this incredibly attractive thing to someone like Rika who's whose life has been full of hopes which have been dashed and who finds herself in a very codependent relationship with her mum, who she blames for mm-hmm. so many things, but she still all cares about and can't leave. And it resolves it by having her, by introducing these um, pets, these, mm-hmm. um, what what were they called? I can't remember. There was a specific name they gave them. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I thought that they did get damaged in the dream world. I thought they did get physically hurt in the dream world, but they didn't get hurt. They can't. They can't die in the dream world from yeah. their injuries. The, the, the what? What? The this this in this episode, Rodrigo. It's been the only time where there's been a threat of someone getting killed in the dream world. I was pretty sure because, the first episode didn't she get hit and then it came through when she woke up. Yeah, but that was still that that was still the consequences of the dream coming to real life. As opposed mm-hmm. to dying in the dream, like it's there's a slight difference between those two, but I think it is one worth I, noting. I like, don't ever remember them saying that you can't die in the dream. Or... Yeah, they no, they say you can't die in the dream. Okay, fair if you'd watch the recap, they say, "Oh, you can't die in the dream. You can just get really, really horribly hurt and then wake up with it." Right. Yeah, they. they I, I think but... they've implied it, and and that obviously, cl- and we've obviously got clarification of it in the in the recap. Um, but again, we but... were going to go on to this. Like, this is a recap from two people that we already know to be unreliable and narrators, and they're even more unreliable. So, now. so like, why would why would you believe that? Because it seemed yeah, like the two the two department store dummies wearing clothes. Yeah, because it seemed very are... much to me like she was going to die. She was going to give up and die. So I don't understand why you think that people, unless it's a lie that they told, so that they felt more invincible and felt more like they could fight these monsters. Sounds like a good I mean, lie to make. Uh, I don't know why you think that they could get bodily harm, but they couldn't die. I always assume they could die. Okay, so just just to my reasoning on this has been that earlier on we're shown that in the first episode, um, I is protecting another girl, yeah. and she is not attacked by the girl's um, you know, monsters mm. unless she attacks them. Basically. 
the world is not out to get them in these dream worlds. It's out to get the egg girls they're sent in to protect. Mm-hmm. Hence the, the slight, slightly cringy working in of title to episode moment in where they, they, they say they have to say in the wonder egg is the priority. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, if they just stop fighting, it will just get the other girl. And when the other girl all dies, they leave the world. But the, the the danger in this most recent one is that Rika allowed herself to basically want to to die instead of want, yeah. and that that's different. That instead of being in there wanting to save someone else, it's it's given in to this siren call of oblivion. And sure, but that that was the danger. It was the first real danger any of them had been in, and that like. That made it significant. Sure, but I, I still feel that they could have died. I mean, I just don't agree that they can die. It's basically my thing. It's like, I, I think what the whole point of them not trying to saying like the see no evils are not out to get you, they're out to get me, is them saying is them saying like you have a choice to save another human soul or not, and that is the choice that they want to make. And if they make it, it's whatever the reason be, be it their own self preservation their care of, of mm. other humans is sort of highlighting their own humanity and wanting to save other people as like a natural cause and effect. Like that doesn't mean they can't die. I just think I don't, I don't agree with I just don't agree with you, but I don't want to get hung up on this point. So let's move on. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally conjecture. You don't know if they're lying or not. So far we have seen none of them die. Um, and we, yeah. have, we've seen them be hurt horribly to the point where Nehru needs to be in, uh, the hospital for several weeks, although they point out when they're doing the recap again, and this is from the unreliable narrators who are the two department store dominants who are Aka and Ura Aka, right? Yeah. Is, mm, their, is their names? Um, means Ando, I think. Which is like Aka and Ando. I guess. Like, it's, I th- from what I understand, it's like, it's like main and non-main account, basically. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but they've they've said that like you also are stronger because you've been in the dreams and you heal faster. So that's why that's part of the reason why they've been able to. Yeah, I yeah. even uh, comment she's getting a six pack because of it. She's, yeah, she's kind which is very, of, yeah, funny. It's very funny. She's like, oh hey, my my hikikomori stuff isn't, isn't happening. <laughs> I would say my my slight problems with the anime right now is uh, I'm getting a bit tired of the monster of the week vibe, and on top of that. Uh, I just feel that the ending is going to be that friendship saves them all, and I feel that that is. And if that's the ending, that's absolutely fine. It just feels like I, I think when we came in, we wished for slightly more, uh, and I think that that's the ending that we're going to get. Again, I have no problem with that. Well, because I mean, it's how I mean, they sell think... it, right? If they sell it differently, so like if they sell it in a way that isn't so on the nose with sort of like previous anime stuff, I'd say like, like Little Witch people. Academia. It would be fine, but I I feel that it's. But friendship didn't save Rika, Andy. Like they were all. Yeah, her friends were calling out. Sure, they to didn't her save and... her that one time, but it feels like the overarching plot, or especially in case of I, is that the friendship is going to save them. Maybe, but like Maybe. in in a, in a in a worse um uh magical girl show. All the other magical girls calling out to 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 one to help her would have empowered mm-hmm. her, and she would have stood up and 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 got it. 
instead it's this this dumb creature who who just sees her as her as her mum this this little thing they they keep these yeah. these almost familiars they keep in this little jewel around their neck and they summon with what is it uh ready veiny veiny and ready veiny's go is go out or is like leave ready is return yeah it's very simple latin although they misspell ready <laughs> uh, <laughs> again but that's that's not her, like that is her not making the choice to save herself that is very much like a parenting mm. like i think you're being i think you're being way too strict andy i think that like maybe anime has rotted your brain maybe. <laughs> like when someone when i mean we, we were, we're all guilty of that i think that what what struck me about rika's plot arc in the previous episode is that like the counter to self-harm is not someone like just being like, hey, hey, don't cut yourself. That's bad. Stop it. Um, it's about like, it's about, yeah, exactly. Nope. <laughs> Love yourself. Don't cut yourself. Um, going to have a content warning on this episode, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, but it's the idea that she's got these small, these like micro victories. And I think just being like a decent quote unquote mother to her like little magic turtle um, I think is is what makes her stand up and be and be like, no, nah, I can be I can be better than my mother in this one tiny specific moment. Um, and sure, that's not dealing with the issues that are causing me both to inflict self-harm and to hate my mother mm. way more than she probably deserves. I think that there is this idea that like improvement is slow and incremental. How long did it take uh, I to go back to school? It took it took four episodes, right? Five episodes. Mm. Yeah. Um, there, there is this idea I think that he's trying to do of just like there aren't massive revelations that cause these girls to change what they're doing. It's about small incremental stuff. It's about having a support structure there. Even one that like, honestly, Rika's not a very good friend. <laughs> a lot of the time she's a mooch. Um, she insults people, insults people's pain if she doesn't understand it. She loves to cause drama and be the center of attention. But just the idea that like three girls can just heal each other not by like doing these grand gestures but just by like being around each other and just giving them the base so that this one part of their life is not in chaos i think that that's kind of what is being reflected in rika's rika's yeah. story in the latest plot bearing episode I, th I think it was also kind of good that they didn't like act like this is solved for her like she's never gonna mm -hmm. cut again like yeah. she's never gonna have these thoughts again like she yeah. has this small conversation with her mother at the end she's which you can interpret in both like hopeful and um less hopeful ways where her, her mother says to her like you're gonna leave me someday and yeah. like she says i will just not today and like that, that has like this wonderful bittersweetness. Yeah, like double meaning to it. Like, like both like this acceptance of like I, I haven't got over these feelings yet, and but also this idea that I might one day feel like I can be independent, like I can value myself. And like she still doesn't know which it is, but like there's this determination to keep keep going until she finds out, and like that's 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 its its big message, like to, the the keeping going, not that it's solved, not that that these things are just easily dismissed here one day, mm -hmm. gone the next, that but that 
like this determination to live on and find out what life brings is 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 the her victory as it were yeah yeah no i i agree i i just uh yeah i am really enjoying it I, you're just suspicious i'm just suspicious <laughs> and i like i said i i do uh i think i said at the beginning like the worst this could be as a as a persona battle every week and it is so far been that and i'm not complaining um, but I well, there's other stuff going on too. But yes, it is definitely they are using the monster of the week as a framework as opposed to it being a pretext for something else. Mm, yeah, um, and so I, I I kind of am waiting for that moment for it to elevate itself above that. I don't think it will, but mm. I don't think that's a problem but as well. Does like does monster in the re- week really is that really such a, a terrible thing? Like we talked about Eva and like Eva. St- still very much even to its final thing keeps pretty much keeps to the the monster of the week in, yeah, no. in one way or another and so you you can use that structure as something wherein you you weave something a lot more intricate but i i can understand the 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 worry that does it become more about out i guess it's whether uh, what's the important thing what's going on in the dream or what's going on in the real world and the as long as it's is the what's going on in the real world, which is what is the focus of it, then I think that's like I guess I guess the the worry, as as you say, Andy, is what happens in, if one of the like they've been promised this thing, this if they keep saving these girls, these uh, this person who was important to them who has died can be resurrected. What, no, they what haven't. Is they the, haven't been promised. That's not what they've been promised. They've been promised. They feel they they, they feel they have been they promised. They feel they're that way, but that's not what they've been promised. Okay, this implicit <laughs> promise. Then I mean, Andy. it's important. Like, <laughs> it's important to like, Well, yeah, because it's important. Like the whole show is based off of that one moment that they've gone and believed these two people who they don't know and are not human, and they've just implicitly trusted them that the, they're going to save all their problems, and. It's one of those a many one of like one of those many many things where they they've like who are they putting their trust in? Are they meant to be putting their trust in themselves? Are they meant to put them in these two weird mannequins, or is it the you know the friends they make along the way? Which is the last answer is probably the one that they're going to go with, which is absolutely fine. Uh, and I look forward to that resolution, but it's just like I said, I just I just wish there was a little bit more. I've got to admit, I I don't get your same. You seem more more suspicious of Akka and Uraka than I am. I don't know why I'm not suspicious of them, but I'm not for some reason. So we'll we'll see what I am suspicious of their teacher. On on the other hand, I'm deeply suspicious <laughs> of their teacher. Um, I mean, it's it's hard. It, I would say, just simply speaking, it's hard to be suspicious of like mannequins wearing clothes. This where, is like, true. A voice just magically comes out of them. <laughs> I I am um, well. Whatever I've said my bit. I think they're they're going to be the crux of the story at the end, is my feeling. But I could be completely wrong. Like this is us. Uh, I, we could come back in two episodes' time, and I'd have fucking egg all over my face yeah. and be like, "Well, I guess I'm the fool." Um, but someone will probably have egg, <laughs> no matter what happens. It's just that kind of high stakes mm. show in terms of mm. plot. Um, and yeah. So moving on to happier uh, shows that we've been watching. Does does Hor- does Hormia count as happy? I mean, I know yeah. that Jeff was really enjoying I, it too. I think so. it's uh, really really happy. I just wanted to bring it up because um, the 
where it's going now is it's we're halfway through and it's actually divulging moving away from Hori uh Hori um Hori Hori and Miyamura uh Miyamura yeah. like moving away from their relationships and starting to get involved into the other side relationships that this uh that I've been told is kind of the draw of the show um but I just wanted to talk about one bit where um as we've previously always had a gripe with relationship and uh romance manga and anime uh, there was actually a physical connection made between Hori and Miyamura in that they actually boned. Uh, and hmm. I don't think wow. it's it's not clear. No, they like, did. He's, you, why do, uh, because why do you say that they did? It was the way that they sold it uh, that I thought was really beautiful. It wasn't this sort of like, I guess maybe horny feeling of lust it was this really sweet moment of them like needing him her wanting to feel his warmth and wanting to hold him and it was done in a really sweet and adorable way but like the subtext was like yeah they're getting down like and i really liked it i i thought it was uh really really great i can't believe you didn't pick this up jeff uh mm. that, uh <laughs> jeff. No, jeff would have picked John, it up Andy. I, I, <laughs> jeff, jeff would have been like oh yeah as it, maybe it's my turn to have seen too many anime and just go, well, it can't have possibly have done that. So I, I've got to read in something completely different here. No, they definitely did that. Like they definitely got they did, and and I'm not saying that it's uh, good that they did that or it's like yay, finally sex. It was just um, like we said. I think we've always had a problem with anime relationships, sort of feeling really superficial. Where even in shows where they're full adults, like Watakoi, uh, like it felt like the main couple didn't even sort of kiss. Uh, whilst mm. in this one, it's sort of a cementing of a relationship that makes it felt, feel more real and was done in a really beautiful way that I really liked. Regardless of whether they boned they or did. not, they have, they did. They have <laughs> no, they been they did bone. a functioning couple in a way mm. that most, most romances yes. aren't. Like they, they have shows a physical affection be it boning or non-boning um they have um they have argument they don't just like it's not all about okay are they gonna date it's they are dating yeah. and the, as you say that it's starting to really get into the, the side cast now and uh like slowly slowly building from these tropes to something a bit more because like by the end of the this like four, third or fourth episode, like the school um, council, you you've got okay, you've got the glasses girl, you've got the, the dumbass pigtail girl, you've got the very handsome student council president, uh, and you've Reme, got the dumb jock, and, Akane, and uh, yeah, I always forget the last person's name. They call her the meanie, the beauty and the beast, which I find like really harsh. Like the the joke that Remy is the <laughs> cute girl who's like really beautiful who's like the school hottie and then there's uh the other girl who uh i think her name is Ho, uh whose name uh, she's is sakura mokoto uh is it Mo- no uh it's sakura and they call her the beast and i'm like that's fucking harsh punch of shits but you know <laughs> school people are shit like they're just pieces of shit it's once again not the not an anime where I had a, I had a uh, weird moan about this recently because um, one of my favourite um, little romance uh, manga, uh, Watakoi, is getting an OVA to go with one of its new mm-hmm. uh, uh, editions. And they've really 
prettied up one of the characters, made her far less less tomboyish and far more generically pretty anime girl. Anime has just this ten- tendency, like everyone has to be a, a looker. Like you, you never mm-hmm. get get the ugly kid in in this student council. They all have to be mo in some way or, or another. And I feel mm-hmm. like they oh, it's Beauty and the Beast, and you, you look at the, the Beast and you're like, um, I'm not sure why that that because it's like it's really easy. Like humans are superficial. We do judge based on appearance. And like mm-hmm. when we're being, our mind is saying, okay, this is someone who looks superficially pretty. We meet. It's easy, easy then to say, okay, why is she the beast? Whereas if she was drawn in an ugly way, then part of you, the worst part of you, would be going, yeah, I can see what why <laughs> why they're doing it. Yeah, it's cool, but it's true. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of. Uh, the beauty and the beast in this show is because of the way that the way she's drawn and the way that she represents herself is very similar to Miyamura in that she's withdrawn and she's got bangs over her face and she's very quiet and reserved and that's that's enough it's, it's quiet beast is quiet beastly though no but know. it's but not it's m- moody maybe yeah it's it's not uh, it's not this sort of um, school life sort of attitude that people that come to expect and love especially when you compare it to remy who's a big bundle of joy um and, and very happy and very active and, and very outgoing she's like the complete opposite they did a, a really nice job of selling um remy and her her boyfriend uh Keko? Keiko? oh i can't pronounce names <laughs> Sorry, Andy. you'll have to just uh, uh hold on uh his name is kakeru Okay. Well, so the dynamic over those two is is really interesting because like she's the as you say she's this incredibly um uh it get I'm not sure if she's quite a Genki girl but she's very she she's on the edges of that that archetype like she's full of energy she's always running around and is a li- is at least portrayed at first as a li- little um. Little dumb, or at least a little uh, forgetful. Um, but what we find out is that she's very emotionally mm-hmm. intelligent. Like in terms of understanding her, the people around her, she's always the one who cottons on first. Like who who's into who and uh, uh, what their anxieties are. And her relationship with her boyfriend is based around the fact that he is someone who basically doesn't make any effort to court her, to treat her as, like, this incredibly pretty girl. He just, like, he has his interests, and and, and if she shares them, he reciprocates, but he doesn't treat her as, as special or, or different, and, like, they, they connect through the things they really share rather than him trying to pretend that, that he he likes the same things as her, and... He's this, this coward. He's, mm. he's he's really easily scared, and 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 she li- she likes the fact that not that he is willing to try and get over his fears of both p- public attention and uh, like he hates being like 
it's essentially a, a complete introvert becoming student council president and having to act like it in public. And he just completely collapsed collapses the moment the spotlight's not on him and it's 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 adorable and they've they've got a they've had a very strong um streak of um male characters who aren't defined by machismo in one way or another that there's a there's a lot of um scope for them to grow in different ways which is nice and it's also nice because uh when when they're introduced uh remy and uh kakaru like they are very much like a power couple and they get the impression like oh they're perfect they've got you know he's amazing he's a council president he's got all the grades and remy's beautiful and she's like they're such a perfect couple and you see them and you're like actually they've both got weaknesses but they both actively complement each other so that they try and overcome each weaknesses and it's really sweet it's like a different view on what you initially perceive as a perfect relationship or as a perfect couple uh so yeah i and this is the sort of thing that I'm loving about Horimiya and uh, I'm really looking forward to just, it won't finish on a very, on, on anything resolute, but it doesn't need to be. It just needs to continue. It's it's interesting that uh, they're, they're actually finishing the manga in the ne- next couple of m- months, aren't they? Or is it, it might even be this month. So I don't know. I'll take oh, your word for it. I think it's yeah, a, it's the, a, they've they've announced the the final issue of it. I don't know if it's how soon that that's going to come, but they've announced that they're wrapping it up at a certain date. And so everything that's been written has been written, and it's a, it's been it's mm. run for ten years, and it's it's now going to finish at this high point. Um, and so I guess the question is how long the the romance series will run for that because they don't tend to run that many series like i can't think of any like it's in terms of its manga it's got a running length equivalent to many shonen but i can't think of any romances which have got like 300 episodes like that's that's pretty rare i think this uh i think hodimiya started off as a web manga and then got translated and then got picked up by a another um by a publication so Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would. It may have only. Been, yeah, it might not have been published as long, but it's still a ten-year-old. Yeah, no, story. it's still a very long, ongoing story. I, I don't know. The closest thing I can think of something close to this is something yeah. like Italia, um, which like <laughs> got four or five seasons and is still sort of pedaling along yeah. in the background in a weird way. Um, so you'd be surprised. I hope it does another season, but again, it, it all depends on how well it works. I guess another closest thing would be something like uh, Love is War. It's kind of a very similar, like, but more comedy, yeah, more that's, shonen, that's... and more actual plot. And also, like, yeah, the relationship on Love is War. Although it's fucking obvious, like, they keep teetering around it in a beautifully comedic way that will just mean it can go on forever. But, Polymia, excellent. Yeah, Love probably, it. yeah. Moving 13 on. 13 episodes mm-hmm. and we'll hopefully, hopefully get more, yeah. I'd hope. But, yeah. Um, th- things which we certainly don't have any shortage of episodes for is um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, which <laughs> has decided that it's time for it to go. Well, here's the tone of this uh, anime. Yeah, here's the tone. It's, it's, well. going, it's going dark. Yeah. It's going dark. Um, <laughs> long story short, um, we've gone from uh, the, uh, 
a Civilization playthrough to a Crusader Kings two playthrough, and it's 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 all it's all got it's all gone wrong. Ben, it's I know that I have complained in the past about how like slime is too nice and innocent and easy, and <laughs> they listened, I guess. Um, because yes, uh, the first five episodes were basically just like uh, Rimuru establishing like normal diplomatic relations and trade relationships with the surrounding countries and like recruiting talent and and whatever and then discovering over the next over the past three episodes that there is a uh the like hyper religious uh human kingdom next to him uh has taken an unwitting alliance with the demon king to destroy him presumably just just for funsies at least on the demon king's side and so now now Rimuru has to make hard choices because he can't please everybody and blah blah blah. I don't know. How do you how have you felt about slime up to this point, Duncan? And how did the revelations of people trying to kill Rimuru and destroy his like beautiful Kumbaya monster I mean, kingdom the, the strike? The thing you? for me is I've basically read to this point in the manga. And so uh, I Oh yes. This is it's all uncharted territory from here. Now I I I, being the incurious son of a gun that I am, when they say, oh, will Rimuru kill uh, 10,000 people and become a demon lord? I went, eh, maybe, and then never read on. Um, probably, probably, Well, they yeah. do show him in a dark, <laughs> dark outfit in the OP, so he's, he, that means he's he's got to become a demon lord. If he doesn't have a dark, if he's got a dark outfit, then that, that's it. We know. It's, it's a done deal. I love, I love, just side note, I love spoilers in the OP, and I especially love when someone doesn't pick up on them and you mention <laughs> them, and then they get mad at you like you're spoiling. This happened with Bleach, where I was like, yeah, well, I'm just wait counting down until Orihime gets kidnapped. And my friend's like, what? Orihime gets kidnapped? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I didn't, like, where are you getting that from? I'm like, um, the OP has, like, symbols of her, like, sh- shots of her, like, behind bars <laughs> or very far away on a mountain. And there are two separate scenes where, like, hands come out of the dark and grab and pull her away. Like, there's a very strong... And she's like, I don't think that that necessarily means she's going to get kidnapped. And I'm like, well, you can look up the the plot synopsis. She does get kidnapped. <laughs> Some shit's going to happen to her. you yeah. got to find out why soon. She's right? gonna, like... She is going to be somehow removed from the main characters, possibly through, <laughs> say, an abduction or an imprisonment. <laughs> Who can so, say? Who can say? Yeah, it's impossible to yeah. say. Yeah, and and so 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 we're dealing with this 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 question of oh will will he will he become um, a demon lord and will he succeed in in rescuing his friends at the cost of killing? Luckily lots though, of people he luckily know. though, there's a human kingdom full of shitheads across the border apparently. And, and not even that, it's, it's, it's even more convenient. They're marching towards him right now. 20,000 yes. of them, just the amount he needs. Stay, stand your ground, medieval style. That's that law, <laughs> basically. Uh, it's timely. It's, it's, it's a weird sort of like, well, because well, I actually think it'd be, it's worth it to point out that like, yeah, this show does play a lot with like the justification of violence because Rimuru is a committed pacifist who people just keep attacking him and he just happens to be really powerful and nice. I don't know. I mean, what the, do you think? The, the slightly interesting thing is like Rimuru <laughs> who has into this, this point still very much been not fully reconciled that he is 
a slime that that he mm. is a monster now that he still wants the things that he had as a human he wants all the creature comforts he wants civilization he wants he wants to make whiskey he wants to yeah he wants drink <laughs> or, or, sorry not whiskey uh apple brandy yeah he, he wants i have good. a rant about this that you've all been saved from listeners <laughs> he wants all the good things he wants the nice food he wants the good drink and he doesn't want to see humans harmed like that's that's his big mm. thing. You're all monsters now, and you can be good and not harm people. And so, a more interesting anime would be one where the good things that come from being civilized are lost at the same time. Like, is war? Like, I guess the question it's posing is: war part of civilization? Is like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That question is being posed. Not absolutely is war part of civilization. <laughs> Although, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. But, <laughs> And so he, you basically can't do a, a Roni Kenshin and go around not harming anyone when you're the leader of a, a nation. It, like, right? That they, they would, they, 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 they think actually maybe it is a civilization uh, uh, rerun because in this one, Ben Gandhi does have nukes. Yeah, G- Gandhi <laughs> is 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 about to get pissed off and 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 nuke a battalion of knights. After they after they transparently start a war on the assump- with uh, with rumor on the assumption that um, they are monsters and therefore like inferior and able to fight back to the same extent. Yeah. So although it's that, it's that, definitely yeah. it's it's perfect plausible deniability. Yeah. Their assumption is he'll basically get killed by their their sword saint and yeah. Like I guess that is a big part of the the isekai genre. Like there is always a demon lord and there is always a a hero who who kills them and that's part of what slime deals with is people being brought to that other world and how they react and we've got introduced to a a free other other worlders in this arc who are in the employ of this bad human nation and who seem to be quite happy to inflict uh, violence on other people just for reward um i will say that was very weird when they when they popped up because they were like oh man it's so nice in the monster place like why don't we get these kind of perks and the answer is of course that like (laughs) that like they're they're helping prop up a a shitty a a shitty like theocratic dictatorship like there's an obvious answer but it's just to show that they're like that they know what they're (laughs) that they know what they're just they know what they're destroying yeah and they don't care because they're the bads so them <laughs> um, they 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 I think very much much in the mercenary trope of um, bad guys like they they're there f- for themselves not for an ideology um and Rimuru is kind of there for his own and not for anyone else um mm-hmm. and I still have no idea if he's going to kill t- 10,000 people I assume he does but like how I'm sort of kind of not dreading, but waiting for the disappointment of how they fudge it. Cause I feel like they're going to fudge it in some way. Um, uh, I'm sure that it's going to be the nicest possible way that he could kill 10,000 people. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to dump that like that I, steaming black coal of cynicism on top of you. But... I predict that he's going to swallow them all up. And then he's going to actually not kill them. He's just going to have them in his belly. And then and work out how he can get them all back. Does that count? I mean, who knows? It'll, it'll count, it'll count for the world, because all of a sudden the people are gone. That's my prediction. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe he'll put them inside with his, with his dragon friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's like, hello, 
Nice to see you. <laughs> Let's have a little chat whilst uh, whilst the rest of the world shit comes on, and then you can come back as good people. Um, I mean, unfor- unfortunately, I do know that Big Titty Ogre comes back, so that so he will find some way to, to yeah. revive her, and she comes back with bigger titty and less clothes. So I need to watch up. I clearly need to catch up. it's the point where just they they're bigger than her head and they largely exist to like comically get in the way while she kicks people's ass which one's this the one in the the one in the purple Shion. this is the purple one it's sad that that the that the smaller more demure one you're also like are hers as big as her head who knows yeah maybe she goes up (sighs) well they have given the tragic uh, backstory of thousand year lolly though so good (laughs) yes doomed doomed and doomed i'm at a weird point where i think i said before that like before much longer before the podcast about how i do like that slime fundamentally believes that the components of civilization are trade and industry and diplomacy and war is much like me playing a 4x strategy game war is an annoyance that i that i honestly feel is should be gotten over with it's as quickly and as efficiently as possible um, so I don't know quite what to feel about uh, Rimuru goes to war uh, as an arc, mm. but we'll see. At the very least, slime is so nice and gentle that its cop outs will at least not piss me off because it's <laughs> never done anything but establish that that's its personality. Mm, yeah. Oh, well, we'll find out soon enough. Yes, yes, we certainly, certainly will. Um, but for now, let's go ahead and wrap it up for this podcast. Um Tune in next episode where we will be talking about um, anime breaking into the mainstream. Akira, Dragon Ball Z, Ghibli films like Spirited Away. What happens when normies learn that anime exists? Um, And why does it keep having to break into the mainstream with like your name or something like that? And in the meantime, rate and subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice. Find us on Facebook, search for Keyframes Podcast. Find us uh-huh. on Twitter at Keyframes Pod. Email yep. us questions, yep. Keyframes Podcast at gmail.com. You're throwing me off, Andy, Apologies. with your little your little affirmative grunts. Yep. You can <laughs> just dot, dot, dots <laughs> below everything I'm saying from, from Andy agreeing. Anyway, email us questions. Um, what was the first, like, anime that you saw out in the wild? Did it feel weird? Um, or tell us how we're wrong about Wonder Egg or Slime or Horimiya. And most of all, tell us about your friend who you've told about this podcast. <laughs> well, my friend who I've told about this podcast uh, is a person who also decided to give me sweets on a purely ridiculous day that's designed purely for chocolate manufacturers to make more money. Uh, <laughs> that'll be me. Is it, is, it, is it always white chocolate on no. white day or is that now just it's an just artifact? It's just any chocolate, I think. It doesn't think it has to be white. If you remember, if you... Well, I think it was originally it was originally conceived of being white I chocolate. I could imagine but that. I think... But if you recall yourself back to working, one of the few examples <laughs> in anime that has white day, I think he gives uh, Inami hairpins, doesn't he? Aww. Doesn't he? Why why has why has working Stockholmed me into thinking that it's a good romance? How has it done that? <laughs> Is the humor just that good? It's just the way that they sold that <sighs> that couple was quite was quite endearing. Yes. Well, she beat the shit out of him. He still fell in love with her, which is which is. The dream. Uh, if you can't win, so. them, them. <laughs> whatever they say. <laughs> All right. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. I got a wave. I got a wave. Bye, Bye B. B. <laughs>